The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hey guys, it's Hinch from Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. And if for some reason you're not already tired of listening to us on the show, well, I guess I got good news for you. We now have a YouTube channel so you can watch us on the show as well. Go to youtube.com, search Off Track with Hinch and Rossi, and you can see myself, my co-host Alexander Rossi, that guy Thim that sometimes shows up, you know, doing what we do. So go check it out, subscribe, like all the videos. Thanks so much. This is Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Hello and welcome to Very Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Do you know about having a podcast in 2022? Is that you Everything? can't talk about half the stuff you want to talk about? Well, yes. We literally just, we spent the last five minutes going through potential topics because let's be honest, guys, we have absolutely nothing to talk about considering there's no racing happening. <clears throat> and we had to ax all of them because it's like <laughs> someone's going to get offended. Yeah. Um, I mean, we could, I let's put it this way. I mean, I don't want to James and I don't have sponsors and I don't work for one of the networks. So yeah, I can <laughs> go for it. You Tim. can talk about whatever you want, but uh... I will say for the first time I tweeted something barely political. Cause I almost never tweeted anything. Pol- I, I tweeted something a little political. I lost seven followers like that. Interesting. I wonder how many of those are bots though, <clears throat> that would have unfollowed you anyways. Like if you look at your Instagram metrics, I have like 300 followers a day followed by 250 unfollows. I don't think 250 yeah. individual people are unfollowing me on a daily I, basis. That's Maybe. fine. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I have more pending follow requests on my Instagram than follows. Oh, wow. You're so it's exclusive. Because no, it's all pictures of Hazel. So I don't, I like very it's much fine. don't let it go very unless exclusive. I know who they are. Yeah. That's fair. They're, that's and fair. they're going to be super disappointed if I ever. <laughs> Like let it through. It's gonna be like, yeah, here's an eight-year-old playing tennis. Congratulations, you you made it in the club. <laughs> okay, so speaking of Hazel playing tennis or weekends or whatever, what uh, what was your weekend adventure with Hazel this weekend? Did you guys go to one of the theme parks or something awesome? No, we went up uh, went up to visit some family in Santa Barbara. Got uh, six hours of uh, of pictures last night on a couple things through the telescope. Uh, only for my thumb drive to be bricked, and we lost all of it. Uh, <laughs> so, what does brick mean? I feel like an old guy asking that question. This might as well be a brick, is what it means. It's mm. it's. Well, it looks like that thumb drive is from 2003, so that's probably part of your problem. brand new. I just got it. It's a terabyte. 
<laughs> yeah, who's it made by? Lost it all. Sandisk or something? Bad? I don't know, probably. I yeah. got it on Amazon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you guys got a good data recovery guy. I'm all ears. James, you're sure, uh, no. you're having a better, uh, I would say weekend, but it's Tuesday. It's super. It's my it's my weekend. I ha- yeah, I worked this weekend. I was calling the Salins Watkins Glider six hour at the Glen. Which... What an incredibly boring race until the last thirty minutes. It's so funny. Okay, so here's something that we need to talk about because it's racing related and it's confusing and controversial. So the race was by and large fairly processional for a long time now look that track and those cars as you obviously can attest is is wildly busy like there's always action on the track but i think we had 48 cars 47 48 cars it's a lot of cars around Watkins Glen, all five classes so it was very busy and you know, every you know dpi driver that got out of the car that we interviewed said the same thing like wow we you know this place is usually crazy but there's just the traffic's so much worse so like there was action on track don't get me wrong but the races for the leads in most classes were fairly like stationary. There were people within fighting distance, but there wasn't a lot of back and forth, but not a lot of lead changes, whatever, whatever. Then weather started rolling in and we were excited about that in the television booth for the, the prospect of mixing things up a little bit. The problem is, is lightning reached the racetrack before rain did. And the rule goes, if there's lightning within eight miles of the track, you got to pull all the camera people down, all the fans have to leave the, sta- uh, the stands. It's, and a lightning, it's a lightning strike, right? It's not just lightning in the sky. Yes, it's lightning strike within eight miles. Right. That's the Yeah, it's, it's not something trivial like a missile attack. Yeah, that's the best part. I, I made that joke on the weekend. I was like, we stop racing if we have a lightning strike within eight miles. F1 keeps racing when they have a missile strike within four, but different different strokes, I suppose. The, the, miss, the, the missile, you know, only hit an energy plant like yeah i love that that was oh no it's fine that was like a that was an oil plant we're not you know it was a refinery yeah. we're not that was a big thing oh like a motor race an f1 race in the middle of the town it's not a, a target anyway so so they had to red flag the race now i said the clock keeps running obviously these races are timed that's that's the whole you know spiel it's a little shtick and so the clock's counting down it does eventually rain. It stops raining, starts to dry up, but you have to wait half an hour from the last lightning strike before you're allowed to go again. So every time lightning strikes, the clock gets reset. If we manage to make it 30 minutes with a lightning strike within eight miles, you can go again. It looked like it was getting better. It looked like the sky was clearing up. We all thought we were going to get back to racing. Then magically the clock stopped with like 32 minutes and something left. And then the clock reset to 35 minutes and just froze there for the next 10, 15 minutes, whatever it was, before we got racing again. There's no precedent that we could find in the rule book to allow this action to happen. I've never heard of time being added to the race because of a red flag, of the clock being frozen because of a red flag. So I'm very curious as to what the mindset was, what happened, and it very nearly dramatically affected the outcome of the race for one car in particular that was kind of low on fuel i'd risked you know gambled a bit on strategy but no one can figure out why they just magically changed the rules and adjusted the clock well actually we can open this up to a kind of a bigger conversation in racing which is just the officiating in general because i i'm at least kind of curious like who makes a decision in that 
I know in IndyCar you have the three stewards, right? In F1, I don't know how it works at all. Like, who who makes? Oh, it's two stewards. Sorry. What do they do if they disagree? No, I there was three. Yeah. So that well, IndyCar, I think Jay, I think Jay Fry's the yeah, he's he's a he's the tiebreaker. I think if that if that. Okay. Well, then I apparently I don't even know how IndyCar works, which is not shocking. If don't worry. Neither neither do do we. <laughs> but so like who who makes that decision in that in that context? Well, I think it it must be so it's. Not only do you have stewards, I don't really think they're that involved. I think it's a conversation between the race director, the promoter, the television team, right? Like it's yeah, because they're they're making decisions not only based on just pure logic; they're doing it based on an entertainment entity, right? And Mm -hmm. giving the people that are sticking around watching some sort of semblance of a race to the finish, right? Which I appreciate, but it's also very random. And could have royally screwed the ten car um, had it been, you know, a couple minutes different, and really through no fault of their own. Like the clock was running, so they made a decision based on that, and then it stopped, which is not. It it reeks of Abu Dhabi, right? It it reeks of rules being kind of revisited and reinterpreted on the fly, which makes it impossible for teams and drivers to make educated decisions, and so. You know, we had an interview with because the, the the car that was most likely to suffer from this adjustment was the ten car. They ended up winning, but when we interviewed Wayne Taylor, I mean, he was very confused and very distraught at the fact that they might now lose this race because of what happened. And it's I get it. Like you, I if you if you want to make the rules in a way that it favors the show that's totally fine like we are an entertainment property we have to understand that and even it's like purebred racers you might not like that whatever whatever but i I get why it has to happen the problem is is when the rules read one way and then you implement them in a different way and that's what happened in Abu Dhabi, and that's what happened here and i don't think that's right it's it's kind of uh reminds me what they they always say about the federal reserve the goal of the federal reserve is no surprises it feels like for officiating in racing, there should also you should strive for it. No surprises. Everyone should at least know what you're going in for. If it's going to be, right. hey, we're prioritizing the show, and we're going to be SRX, and we're going to have yellows for competition and make it more fun, that's cool. As long as everybody knows it, it's it's Look, yeah, the inconsistency that that's what problem. NASCAR did with stage racing. I mean, stages yeah. were created for that very reason. That is part of the show. And now the teams know that's coming and they can conduct themselves accordingly. And and that's fine. Even if or no. kind of fake yellows in the middle of the race aren't fine, they're fine because you know they're coming. Yeah, and at least at least nobody's caught off guard. At least there's not just somebody sitting up there and saying, ah, let's just throw a yellow now for fun. They all know when it's going to happen. Okay, so that's right. that's that is what it is. It's a bizarre situation. I think it was a it was a oversight by race control. Whatever, whatever. Let's now talk, about talk about Philippe Albuquerque. No, no, we got no. <laughs> we got to talk about Philippe Albuquerque. Alex, and I, we were texting about this at the time. That guy is an absolute bulldog behind the wheel. The pass that he made for the lead on the restart was phenomenal. And then again, he was very short on fuel. And had to keep a faster car behind him while saving fuel for like 10 laps. And it was some of the most masterful defensive driving I think I've ever seen. It was incredible. So here's the thing with with Philippe. And I think I've explained this to you in the past, James. And it was on, if you saw it in Watkins, you 
maybe saw it in Daytona as well in 2020, 2021. Yes, 2021. Um, <clears throat> when he kept a much faster Cadillac at the time, um, and Kevin Erwin Ranger uh, behind him through a stint that there was no reason why we should have been beating a Cadillac. Um, Philippe's ability to, under extreme pressure, be A, perfect, but B, know exactly the corners that he has to execute better than anyone else to keep that car behind him. His ability to understand that is second to none. Like, is he beatable from a speed standpoint? Sometimes. Is he, when you're in just wheel-to-wheel racing at hour six of 24? Yeah. Like, there are elements of him that are normal, but... This part of him is is I I don't know anyone else that can really do it to that level. It's unbelievable, man. Like, and it's not it's not just six tenths of pressure, eight tenths of pressure. It is a car is two to three tenths behind you, and is in exponentially faster, like seconds faster. And he's able to just manage it and keep him behind without fail. And, and he never makes mistakes. Like in that scenario, he does not put a wheel wrong. There was even one time when I think there was an attempted pass and he fought it off. Like he just scrapped till the bitter end. Yeah. And it was so fun to watch. It was so impressive. Yeah. It's, it's, I, it's, you, see, you see stuff come like that come through every once in a while, right? And you as a driver can, can admire it because you know like what's going on and, and how difficult that is. And I've now seen him do it. That's probably three times. Um, and it's pretty cool. It's really cool. You know, when you put him in, in the lead at the end of the race, like he will die. He will literally have a heart attack before he does, before he lets anyone pass. Him. Like, it's just, it's, it's wired into him. Uh, he will die awesome. on that hill. And it's oh. funny. Cause I, I want to say, I think back to the 24, I don't know what year it was. It was before he joined Wayne Taylor and he was driving for, one of the Cadillac programs. Was it action when Ricky when Ricky stoved up. And then yeah, the and lap. Ricky yeah. yeah with last lap of the fight. That was the same deal. Ricky was so much faster, and and Philippe just did this incredible stint keeping Ricky behind him the entire time. Ricky only won because he flat out drop kicked him. Like yep. not a shot at Ricky. Like I love Ricky to bits. One of the best sports car drivers on the planet. But it's one of the, like you can't deny that he he just. No, but I think but, but Ricky has has gone on to admit like I was so much faster and I couldn't pass him. Yeah, like you just couldn't do it. So what what choice did he have? The last lap for the win, like for sure. No, no, for, yeah, exactly. He didn't have a choice. But like, yeah, Philippe Philippe did nothing wrong. Philippe did not make a mistake in that oh, situation. He did exactly what he needed to do. Just circumstance. But I wonder, like, in in a way, if that was partly like an audition for the Wayne Taylor to see because. Wayne's sitting there watching that race and be like, man, that guy's really good when you know, pressure's on. And he's like, we, should, we should hire that guy one day. <laughs> sure enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. It's, it's funny because he's even able to do it. Like this, I, I guess this podcast is just all about Philippe. So you're welcome, pal, if you're listening, which you're probably not. He, even when he's like exhausted and they ask him to go back in the car, he like, Bulldog is a really good way of putting it because I've watched him get in the car and he just pounds his chest and his head and he just like feels like he's getting ready to step into a ring to go box. Like it's pretty, it's interesting. So, but yeah. hey, he's good at it. So congrats to them. Congrats to Ricky. Obviously Ricky also was a part of that. Did a great job. Um, they extended their lead in the championship. 
which is cool. No, they took the lead. They were second going in. Ah, so they extended their lead in the championship. Um, <laughs> from, from negative to positive. <laughs> and uh, that was like a conversational bulldog. Yeah. It's not yeah. going to let you have it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then what else happened? SRX happened. We, hey, well, hold we on. Saw, before, we get yes. to, before we get to SRX, let's stay at Watkins Glen for a second. Our boy, Robbie Wickens. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of teammate Mark Wilkins drove their TCR Hyundai to a victory at the race there. So, so cool to see Robbie back in, in victory lane. And, uh, yeah, just awesome, man. I mean, he did such a great job. Like, his stint was fire. Like, he did an amazing job to qualify that car, to get them in the lead, hand the car over to Mark. And then just like Daytona, when they were fighting down to the last seconds of the race for that last podium position, Mark had to be on full Philippe Albuquerque defensive driving bulldog mode to keep the Alfa Romeo behind him, and he managed to do it and brought home the big W for Brian Hurd Autosports. But just so cool to see Robbie and, and Mark in there in, in victory lane and um, cool to see Rob, you know, back at the top where he belongs. Good job, yeah, Rob and Mark Radio, Rob. and BHA and everyone involved. Very, very cool. Very cool. All right, so now on to SRX, or I think I believe it's Cirx. Cirx, um, yeah, Cirx. Cirx. Had a little fun there uh, in between stints. It looked no, like. No, honestly, that entire entire race looked awesome. Um, <laughs> and I don't know if people are just—I don't know if it's that track or people are at the point where they don't care anymore. Um, but like, people are just driving into each other. And it was fantastic. Like, I'll be honest with you, SRX up until this race has been a little anticlimactic. Like, I was expecting there to be a lot more fireworks and chaos mm-hmm. and everything. And it speaks really to the level of driver there that even yeah. though it's some retired guys, some old guys, these are still like badass racing drivers. So they're very capable of driving to a, to a high level. But still, like it is meant for with what they call fun cautions with inverted grids. Like it is meant mm-hmm. to be funny and entertaining. Yeah, it's a show. It's, it's a purely show. entertainment. And it wasn't, it really wasn't that until this past weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they had a slower start this season than they did last well, year. Because I think there was, it was part of it. It was like the novelty. Everyone was really excited. Yeah. It felt like it kind of wore off. And then, yeah. Now even, even last year, like there wasn't a race that really stands out that was like, wildly entertaining but regardless this one was um and what were the highlights the highlights were paul tracy struggles <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about this because because this is we're gonna this is gonna lead into another subject afterwards but like connor daly and we'll talk about connor's job up in the booth which was great uh gets on the radio during the pace laps to Paul Tracy and SRX let Connor take the car around for six laps. You had to do six laps just to kind of get a feel for the thing, the car for the track, you know, which is, you know, it was great. They let me do it last year. It's really helpful for people calling the race. And he gets on the radio during the pace laps to Paul and took a shot at him right before the start of the race. He was like, yeah, you know, I was faster than you in my six laps of practice. So what have you done to find a little extra speed for the race here? 
And I'm like, oh my God, shots fired. <laughs> the guy's about to go green on the race and he just did say, oh yeah, I only got six lap of practice on a car I've never been, been in before. I was quicker than you. So how are you going to not suck so much? Like, what are you doing? There it is. So Cooter Dooley was out. No, Cooter Dooley Connor, was out full in, form. In Connor's defense, when we were out in Arizona for Connor's birthday at the end of 2020, I believe, um, Paul was kind enough to have us out to his racetrack that he has out there. Um, Apex Motor Club, which is badass if you're in the Scottsdale, Phoenix, greater area. Um, and he had one of his, uh, he had his P3 car out. Oh, and he also had the Lamborghini Super Trofeo out, which Connor had been racing because in 2020, Connor, or 2019, Connor wasn't full-time, so he'd been doing the Lamborghini Trofeo series and all this stuff. And... Connor jumped in and did, you know, eight, 10, 12 laps, whatever. And then Paul went in and, and beat him. And that's, <laughs> that's to be expected. It's Paul's car. Connor didn't fit in it. It's a track Connor's never even seen before. Right. Paul pounds around there on a regular weekly basis. So fine. That that's not crazy, but Paul for the next two years at every opportunity he got kind of dropped the hammer in group text that I was involved in about how Connor needed to work harder because Paul could still kick his ass. So finally, finally Connor got to have some sort of retaliation. And I love that he took a shot on TV. national television. <laughs> national television right before the start of the race yeah it was hilarious really good yeah (laughs) it was so funny but so yes so back to paul 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 struggled paul struggled um but in his defense with the reverse grid he was leading heat two pretty handily and elio was coming through uh the field and just absolutely drop kicked him and like elio and paul don't have a great history Oh, what do you Why? mean? What happened? <laughs> so, you know, you one, of them's, one of them's a three-time Indy 500 winner. <laughs> Another reference that Connor made on air. <laughs> Did he? Oh. Wow, this was Indy not the one to miss. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was it was full on. He also had a great he dropped because Connor's so good at like the one-liners and just like the funny catchphrases and stuff, and he dropped a great one when. I forget who was – Tony Stewart was running around. There's two cars in front of him. They kind of got into each other a bit. Tony picked them both off. And Connor was like, yeah, how's that? That's a two-for-one. You know, Tony Stewart always looking for a good deal there. Never mind the pounds on a hunt of bargain when he sees one or something like that. Like, that's, just, that's just brilliant. Why does your Connor sound like Foghorn Leghorn? <laughs> I don't know who or what that is. Is that a person? The thing? Just Google it. Just Google it real quick. Not. I'm not going to do that. So uh, – yeah, Paul. Basically, Elio had a like. Have you ever seen video of like a car that stalled on the train tracks, and there was a train coming, and everybody got out of the car safely, but then the train just comes and just obliterates the car. Yeah. That's what Elio did to Paul. Elio was the train. Elio was the train. Paul was the the Ford F one fifty parked on the railroad tracks. Yeah, inadvertently, um, it was bad. So then, Paul, unfortunately. Went to the back, had a broken car, and then got caught up, I think, in like two more incidences. Um, did really no fault of his own. He was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. And it was a it was an abysmal weekend for him. So he was a little bit fired up. But on top of that, Hunter Ray took out Michael Waltrip, 
which is hilarious to me. <laughs> and Ernie Francis Jr. made Tony Stewart Angered very Tony angry. Stewart. Yes. Yeah, like that was old school Tony Stewart. Very that, was, angry. Right, that wasn't Tony Stewart. That was smoke. That was smoke back. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. Like, because oh. it was completely wrong. And I think once Tony saw the replay, he was like, oh. And yeah, because we, certainly... we see him grabbing Ernie Francis by like the back of the, the suit, like by his neck, basically, and just ripping into him. And then, you know, five minutes later, before they get back in the cars from the main, they're joking around and laughing. And they hit, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like, wait, what happened there? I don't, I don't get it. But Ernie oh, said up for himself, man. Like, Ernie wasn't going to take He said that. He's like, I'm not taking that from anybody. All I could think watching it, though, is just the, uh, Tony, it's but it's SRX though. <laughs> like I'm still glad. Like again, it's great that that Tony still wants to be that competitive about whatever car he's in. It doesn't really matter if it's like just an entertainment product. He's just like, no, f- you. If you're gonna do something, I'm gonna get mad at you and I'm gonna get in your face, even if he's blatantly wrong. Right. Well, he had the last lap because he did end up winning the final, but that's neither here nor there. Um. Yeah, it was it was funny, man. Uh, Marco had a great night going. He basically ran top three the whole race, and then got into it with Biffle, got spun around, and I don't know where he ended up, but he should have been on the podium. So that was kicking the nuts for him. Faux show. Uh, All right. Uncle Mike said he was going to wait for Ryan after the race, but apparently that never happened. We checked in with Hunter Ray, and yeah. he was never confronted by Uncle Mike. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. Sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. So, all right, SRX was good. Hopefully they keep this going and it's it's more fun. Cooter's getting more comfortable in his position. But at long last, our midsummer IndyCar break is coming to an end. You guys are going off to mid-Ohio. Uh, what's, what are thoughts going in there? 
Is this the midsummer break? I guess it is. It is a midsummer well, break. Yeah, because there's an August one too, right? Don't we have like two weeks off in August? God, you guys just yeah. are so lazy. No, I mean it's all no, no, I'm not. I'm not I'm not um being a dick. I just I didn't really maximize this if that was my that was oh, my yeah, break. That, this was one of your two breaks for the year. Yeah. Copy. Now done. Well, um cool. I mean, you didn't really do anything. Isn't that maximizing a break? Yeah, that is a that's a very good point, Tim. Um, yes, yeah, so Mid Ohio this weekend. I am excited. I haven't really given it too much thought. Um, I don't know if we're running red tires on Friday or not, so I guess I'll find that out on Friday at two p.m. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's always a, an amazing turnout with the campers there. The weather looks fantastic. It is Fourth of July weekend, which is a weird kind of time to do a race. But still come anyways, please. That would be nice. <laughs> I feel like, no, I feel like that's going to be a great time. Everybody can come party as much as they want. Mid-Ohio's an awesome place to go party, camp out. Don't have to worry about work the next day. What is a better celebration of America's wow. birthday than getting drunk as hell at a racetrack, watching some guys fly into the corner, and then getting the next day off. You should be in charge of uh, the IndyCar marketing program. That was really good. Here's the thing. Races on holiday weekends are always tough if they haven't been that way for a long time. Because holiday weekends, people have traditions. They have things that they do. And so, putting a new event on a holiday weekend, it's not going to be great the first time. And that's okay if you're willing to commit to that date and then get that date equity over years and then that becomes people's tradition right like obviously memorial day weekend is a holiday weekend and we still pull half a million people into the indy 500 grounds because it's been happening for 100 years if you're doing it for the first time on fourth of july in you know the midwest most people are on a boat in a lake somewhere or hanging out with family or doing whatever it is you do on fourth of july what's cool about mid ohio as an event for july 4th or so for a holiday weekend is you can do that kind of camping thing. You can still make it a family thing. It can still be a fun weekend. Um, it's just you know camping out at the racetrack rather than camping out by the lake sort of thing. So I'm I'm hopeful that it, it goes well. Like it, it's such a cool atmosphere there, such a cool culture of that place. Alex, you like the track. You've always been very quick there. You won there in 18, 19, 17? One of those. Nineteen, yeah. Um nineteen? Eighteen? Yeah. Whatever. You won there once. One there, one there. Um, yeah, I did, I, 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 what? So you, you did your, did your cel your celebratory croissant. Yes, thank you. Um, speaking of croissants, <laughs> I've never heard it called that. That was we great. had croissants <laughs> delivered to the track for the Indy GP test we had um, last week, and that is not a suitable. Who, who did? Andretti Autosport. Just croissants. Just croissants. There wasn't like, anything in it's them. A great breakfast food. Yeah, no, that's not a lunch. There was it's about to be. There was about to be. Um, what's it called? Mutiny um, within the garage from the mechanics because people were unimpressed. I think that's, that's valid. A, I think that's valid. Yeah, that's a weird choice. Like so much so that I was so confused that I walked up to another table that was next to it where the firehouse subs were, and an employee from AJ Foyt Racing yelled at me and said, "That's not your box." And I was like, <laughs> oh, "I'm sorry." So where's my lunch? And he pointed at the croissants, and I was taken aback. 
Um, they tasted delicious, but still not a lunch food. Anyways. Yeah, they're great. Um, but so did Romain have anything to do with this? Or... Probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it has his fingerprints all over it. Um, okay. So back to Mid-Ohio. It's one of one of my favorite tracks that we go to. Um, Why? It's just it it it's kind of like Detroit in the sense that it, it rewards the harder you try, I feel like. You know, it's just you can you can just push exponentially hard and it doesn't really ever slow down. Like it's just it's it's a track that rewards a lot of commitment and stuff like that. So that's that's nice. Um it's away from kind of the stiffer tire that we have at your Lagunas and your Portlands and your Road Americas. Um so the car feels a bit nicer. Um there's just a lot of good things about it. I I love going there. It's very physical. We've talked about that in the past. Um, the weather looks pretty, pretty mild. So that's encouraging. And yeah, I hope we do good things. Well, cause you guys, know, well, no. you guys did a good job in 20, right? Like Andretti Autosport swept the podium in one of the races in 2020. It was a double header. I'm pretty sure that year. Yeah. Um, and I think you were on the podium both days, if I remember correctly. Yes. So, yeah, there's some history there, some positive history there. You're on a bit of a streak, on a bit of a roll at the moment. Yes. Let's so, see. Let's see what happens. Let's see. Let's see. The only way to find out, guys, is either go to the race or tune in on NBC on Sunday. Well, this, no, this will be great because I'll be, I'll be vaguely in the Midwest. So if we need to get together to get our uh, tough dolphin tattoos, I'll be around. Where is your – yeah. I'm, we, you know, don't worry about it. Yeah, I feel okay. like I'm worried about it now. <laughs> I'm, I'm just worried he's going to be closer to us than we thought he was going to be. All right. Well, before we go, we do have a couple updates from our uh, from our Ask Alex's. Uh, she did say yes to the internship, but the internship went away. So she's uh, she's still going to try and come down for the race. Uh, our guy with a pregnant wife, uh, he did go to the race. His wife did not. Uh, so that was our, our, our two fascinating so- updates. We got it. We have a. We have one, and James, this might apply uh, to you since Alex isn't married. But uh, we have. Uh, hey guys, my dad has legendarily owned up to six cars at once. Of those, one or two are usually just his. I'm not 100 percent sure if it's true, but I've heard he literally just bid on them online and they showed up without my mom knowing. How do I do this without ruining my marriage? Wait, you, you get divorced before you do it. Is the question <laughs> he's trying to buy a car without his wife knowing about it? He's trying to figure out how he can basic. I, I don't know if it's like a specific instance of he wants to buy a car without it's his a wife real, knowing. It's a real, easy, it's a real easy answer. <laughs> if you make more money than her, buy the car. If you don't, <laughs> I'd ask. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, James, you, you don't look like you agree on this one. <laughs> Yeah, it's not exactly how that works. Uh, Why not? Why not? I don't have to coach Alex on marriage one day, too. Um, I feel like that's exactly how that works. No, because what if, what if, what if he makes, what if she makes five grand, maybe more than he does in a year or even less, a thousand dollars more than he does in a year? That only like that. Or he makes a thousand dollars more. I don't think that gives him buying I don't, rights. I don't think. Car. I don't think. Are you supposed to be a team? I don't think. Yes. Yes. I don't it's think it's our. Was... It's what's mine mm. is yours. What's yours is mine. That's how that works. I don't think. 
I was referring to a couple grand difference. I was referring to if you make the money, then buy the car. If you don't make the money, then don't buy the car or ask to buy the car. I don't make the money and I don't have a wife. I'm not getting anything. <laughs> Maybe yeah, you're getting nothing. <laughs> yeah, and you've got a kid. So any money yeah. you have is going to her before it's going to her. Yeah. yeah Hazel just said uh, she wanted to uh wanted to start tennis lessons. So here's no, here's it. the real trick. All right. Here's the key. Here's the key how to do this is you find a way to make it seem like buying the car is her idea. That's the real answer. That's the okay. So, so James, your solution is not to just do it without asking. Your your solution is to just Con manipulate her. your wife. Yeah, it's called, it's called coercion. Yes, you're gonna. You're gonna coerce and I'm her getting into, judged by saying, if you make the money, buy what you want. Yes, correct. This is that doesn't this is make any sense. If it's it's called reverse psychology, guys. This is not a new concept, and it's applied in every relationship. I feel like you. All right. You need therapy. So, yeah, Alex. I think I think we all do. I think that's the main takeaway here. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not denying that. Therapy. I'm not saying that's why, but I think everybody needs therapy. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, okay, so just to sum up, Alex thinks breadwinners get to make the decision, and James thinks that you should elaborately lie to your spouse uh, no. to switch her mode of thinking no. so that it's her idea. No. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. That was my takeaway. What I heard. And that's oh, why I'm sorry. Were you going to manipulate her honestly? I'm not yes. single, but fair. <laughs> How does one sorry. manipulate her honestly? <laughs> it's, oh, I have so much to learn, young grass. You know what? We got four minutes. Let's go. I want to hear this. Let's yeah, hear I'm actually quite interested, too. <laughs> How would you honestly manipulate yeah. Becky? Well, I can't use th those specific examples. Let's use our, let's use our, uh, our... <laughs> So I think I saw this on a TV show. So, James, tell me how close to reality this is. And I hope this isn't a friend's story that I'm repeating. I honestly don't remember where it came from. So uh, this person wanted his wife to get a, some plastic surgery done. She had talked about it before in the past, but like they didn't want to spend the money. They didn't want to go through the process. Yada, yada, yada. But he kind of, I think, wanted it a little more than her. So what he started to do was buy some magazines and kind of leave magazines around the house, in the living room, <laughs> in the kitchen, you know, I think there was some like television show that he'd turn on every once in a while. And so it was kind of like in her subconscious, she kept getting reminded until eventually it was her idea. So there was no manipulation from a conversation that he was having. He was just kind of using little things in the environment to yeah, help her come to that her decision. Yeah, you feel bad about her appearance. No, it wasn't that. No, yeah. it wasn't that. No. It was just... It was just <laughs> <laughs> reminding her subconscious of these things until she was like, you know what? Right. I want to do it. So is, is that this, right. is this the Seinfeld episode where she gets the nose job? Because doesn't that end with she gets the nose job and then leaves George? I mean, I remember this this example being presented. Seinfeld's like, yeah, yes. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. I, I see exactly what you're saying, and the answer is yes. That is exactly what you do. You leave pictures of that particular car, magazine pictures of that car, just sitting kind of casually on the coffee table. You then also like, you know, find maybe maybe like sabotage one of your own cars so that way if you've got like two, you each have a car, 
you like sabotage one of them so that way you have to share a car for a bit. It's like, oh man, if we just have a third car, by sabotage, honestly. So we're just now we're getting into sabotaging. No, I mean sabotage. (laughs) We're not talking about like cutting brake lines. All we're doing is like what you want to do is like pour rigging the bomb into the ignition. No, just just put dog poop in the ventilation system. (laughs) Right. I think okay. Hide the keys. We can be even. We don't have to make the car small, but that's not make the car suffer. And yeah, you hide the keys, you do that kind of stuff. And then, yeah, and then eventually she's like, oh, you know, it'd be so good if we had a, another car. It's like, it's like, oh, I remember seeing pictures of this car in this magazine on the coffee table. I really liked it. And then, boom, you got the car. This is some new, this is some like sociopath. This no, isn't, it's not. It's I think smart. I saw it on an episode of Seinfeld. I don't know. Why. Just... <laughs> smart. For the okay, record, so, Becky, if you're listening, smart. I have never done this. All right. So Very just smart. to get it back to our Ask Alex. Um, Dude, if you make the money, buy your car. It's fine. Or just don't listen to us. It's probably the smarter no, move. Don't, why would you say that? don't ever say that. Don't do that. That's not something you should tell people to do. Has Are anyone on this show delivery? ordered P.F. Chang's from delivery, and is it good? No, no probably. What? I'm sure it's still fine. Like, it's going to be cold. You can heat it up. It's fine. P.F. Chang. Everybody let Alex know on, uh, on Twitter. <laughs> What's your go-to from P.F. Chang? I don't know. I haven't been there in so long. The pepper steak with fried rice looks interesting. I think I, I think I, I think the last like four times I've been there has all been with Marco at Barber. Like four years in a row, I feel like we went to P.F. Chang's at Barber. I go to P.F. Chang's in the Atlanta airport when I can. Oh yeah, yeah yeah, that's a good one. No, Detroit airport. Sorry. All right. Yeah. Well, we've got a track, guys. P.F. Chang's to talk about review. No, we're going to spend 40 minutes on the P.F. Chang's delivery. Oh, somebody did well, tweet at us. There's a lot of salt uh, in it, so maybe we should... Yeah. Uh... yeah, somebody tweeted us that we should talk more about salt sarcastically, and I was very tempted to try and... You remember when we got the hot dog guy when somebody got complained about us talking about hot dogs too much? I very much wanted to do that, but... Uh, you the salt yeah. guy? Couldn't, yeah, couldn't find I'm sure there's someone. Dude. I'm sure there's somebody. Well, hey, on Twitter, if you are connected to the, the big sodium, <laughs> big salt <laughs> big salt we nah. want to talk to you that's my chemistry joke nah. oh my nah. god wow. oh that's wow funny. that's so good good job tim wow. thanks so much for listening to off track with hinch and rossi Keep in contact with us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at AskOffTrack. Or you can follow us individually. We're at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. If you want to follow Tim, though we have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham. We really need to get that changed to at producer Tim. The music you heard today is by Ryan Dan of Holland Patton Public Library. Off Track with Hinch and Rossi is produced by Tim Durham. And by that I mean Tim. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! 
The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.